What is up, all you freaks out there? This is Ryan. How are you doing tonight? Very special Thursday night edition of the Freaking Awesome Paranormal Show. You guys can't tell. I am not feeling great. <clears throat> so I've got a, um, a fill-in host today. Just wanted to say, come on here and say, hope you everyone had a very uh, Merry Christmas. And hope everyone has a very... Happy New Year. I'm going to um, get off here. I'm going to bring my my brother from another mother, Dennis Seslock, on the show. He is the was the host of Full Spectrum Radio, and he is the founder of uh, Commonwealth Researchers of the Paranormal, as well as my partner at the Cabin on 360. And, of course, I've got the newest co-host with the most from Pongo Paranormal, Sarah Hall Hayes. So I'm going to go ahead and turn the show over to them. John Pagano should be joining us here shortly. Uh, he just has some stuff to do. Some, so he'll be on here shortly. So we'll put Dennis on now. All right, guys. Hey. I'll be here watching. All right, and uh, John messaged me. So I guess... He, he wasn't sure where the link where the link to the uh, show was. Uh-oh. So hopefully, hopefully we have a show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just be you two talking. Uh, I'm good with that. How about you, Sarah? I'm good with that. I'm All right, guys. Show, so. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Dennis. I appreciate it, and thank you, Sarah. You're super no welcome, problem, brother. I hope you right. down some Robitussin and get rid of that cough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, guys. There he is. JP! Hey, everybody. How's it going, all? Good. How are you? Doing all right. Uh, Can you guys hear me all right? Yeah, I can hear you. Awesome. So, how are you? Oh, I'm doing I'm uh, th- this is like pushing my bedtime these days. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm making sure that I, you know, have a have a stiff cold drink next to me so I can get myself going. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. But look at that. Look at that. that. That's about <laughs> as stiff as my drinks get lately is Dr. Pepper. Uh, yeah. Yay. And no, there's no additive. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you've been a while, brother. How you been? Uh, busy, you know, just um, work. You know, we get done it at Christmas at work and all the events we do uh, starting in October. It's just a, a crazy ride all the way through Christmas. And then it's kind of, wow, we're in winter and now we can settle down for. A... Yeah. And all right. Now, oh, here. Sorry, that was my alarm. That's all good. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but the park closes for public visits from when to when? Hold on. Technology, isn't it grand? And if I know Gene, there's a lot of knowledge. Can everybody hear me? I'm sorry. I I can't hear anything right now. Give me one second. All right. We still hear you, though. 
So bear with us, folks. Obviously, JP's having a little bit of technical difficulty. Maybe he'll drop back in. I think he just dropped out completely. But so, Sarah, have you had the pleasure of making it to Henrikus Historical Park? No, but I know about it. Um, and it is, it's something that I, it's on my bucket list to go to. Oh, good, good. If things work out, I will tell you, Crop is planning to make at least one public event happen this coming year at Henrikus. Ooh. Um, so I've been talking to John. I haven't had the chance. I got very backed up work-wise. Mm -hmm. But um, I did speak with him briefly regarding it. Uh, we got to get the, the details worked out. Um, but we are looking to do one one public event. Now, you know that, you know, Crop does pamphlet historical parking, the log cabin, mm -hmm. you know, the cabin on 360. And we, we used to do the same thing at Henricus, which was all just fundraisers for the location. Um, so I'm looking to get back in there this year. We've taken a few years hiatus while everybody else was doing events. And, you know, they were so booked up with weddings and and their own events there just wasn't calendar time available. Yeah. Um, but we're definitely looking to get back there. Yeah. So you, you have to join us. I, I, I can't, I just like, I don't want to look it up and I don't want to know more about it because I want to feel like the different things, but I know some stuff. Well, um, then you don't want to be part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, look, listen. Because <laughs> JP, welcome back. Thanks, um, yeah, but John and I are going to share some of the paranormal that's happened at Henricus. Uh, you're talking a location with 450-ish years of history that we can document. And that's one of the really cool things about Henricus, much like Pamplin, is the fact that they have documentation. They can tell us, yes, this person was here or yes, this person died here or whatever, they can look back and see that documentation. They can see what troops moved through there. And I'll tell you, I don't think there is anyone better at the history than that man right there. He is phenomenal mm -hmm. at it. So kudos to you, John. Kudos. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right. So, you want to go ahead? Go ahead. Uh, you got your technicals straightened out there, JP? Oh, if people can hear me, I'm good. I hear you fine. Box, excellent. So uh, let's start out. John, what is your actual title now with Henricus Park? Sure. I know it changes. <laughs> well, <laughs> there's two titles. Um, one, I think that's uh, official to the county and one that is actually our museums. Um, I'm the historic site supervisor overall, uh, but I'm the historical interpretation supervisor per our staff at Henricus. So those are really the two. Okay. And that's part of what makes him so phenomenal when it comes to the history there, because he has done so many hours of research. Yeah. I, I, I can't even touch the hours that he's done as far as the locations that I work with. But so I understand here lately, you've had an uptick in paranormal activity at the park. Before we get into what the activity is, I know you're an investigator. I know you're part of Transcend. You're also a stand-in member with CROP. Um, you've been doing this for many years. 
And you've been at Henricus for how many years? 17. Okay. So over the 17 years that you've been there, have you noticed a cycle of, is it lunar? Is it weather? Is it seasonal? When is the highest uptick in activity? And what do you think is, is boosting the activity you're, you're experiencing now? That is a great question. Uh, I will say that we had our Christmas event two weekends ago. Um, and that, that night there was some stuff that occurred and, you know, it, it very well could be that the site is very active with what we're doing, but it's also a lot of, you know, visitors, so three to four people in a day is a lot of commotion, a lot of energy that could be uh, passing around the site. Um, excuse me. As far as um, my personal stuff, it's almost entirely been at Rock Hall, which Dennis, you're very familiar with. Um, and and the other thing is, my my wife's had a few experiences uh, at different buildings at Henricus, and she tells me those experiences, and. You know, between that and some of the friends and the visitors and others that have given me some recent input, um, you know, it, it, it seems like it's been um, pretty steady. I, I would say of most recent days, uh, for the first time in a long time, I felt a little uncomfortable in Rock Hall. And that's where I've been kind of itching to get back in there with some people and just kind of go into what's going on. I'll get to that in a few minutes, but there's been some things, you know, that's happened in there. Um, mm. Some things that are just not passive, but seem to be more attention seeking to aggressive. And, and see that I find that peculiar for you to say that you haven't been comfortable in there because after 17 years and I know you and I have spent what five six seven eight years we've investigated there dozens of times never had an uncomfortable feeling what do you think is changed is it something been brought in is it something on the property that has changed that may have upset the spirits there not sure. It's, it's a potpourri of things. Uh, you know, about a, a month or so ago, I I came out of Rock Hall and I almost broke my ankle. Um, I really, really dinged up my, my ankle. I thought it was broken. I couldn't feel it for over a minute. Um, it was just a really bad high ankle sprain, thankfully. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that happened to me in that moment, and I, I, look, I look back on it, and I, and I was just setting up for the day there is it felt it felt different when I came out of that doorway with stuff in my hands. It almost felt like I shouldn't have lost my balance out of that door. And I did. And I kind of took a weird step and it felt like my, my legs were about ready to go down. And well, I, I kind of hit the ground hard. Um, and what's interesting with that is a gentleman came up to me just about a Oh, I don't know, a few weeks back. And he was, he was a man that actually came through our site during our bump stuff that we do. Um, and he said he was there during the day that weekend and he was upstairs. He was touring around with his wife and he felt like something 
pushed on the backside of his legs and knocked him down upstairs in Rock Hall. That's what I was going to ask you. Was, did you feel like you got pushed? Well, it's funny because before he told me that, I, you know, I, I felt like I, I was uh, strangely losing my, my balance. Like, in other words, mm -hmm. that split. And that, you guys can still hear me? Sorry. Yeah. We got you fine. Uh, hold on. We got you. Oh, and we've lost him again. <laughs> Those alarms. I wonder if he's got, I think he might have an iPhone because once you have an iPhone and like your alarm goes off, it when you go back to what you were doing, it just messes up everything. Yeah. So I think well, that's what's happening. I, I've got an iPhone, but I'm sitting on PC. Ah, so hey, uh, welcome back. It's a, it's on my end. Don't worry, I fixed it. Um, <laughs> sit your ass down and let's finish this. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, 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 I'm pretty solid on my legs, you know. And I've been, I, I was literally setting up for the day in Rock Hall. I've done it a million times. I've set same steps, same stuff coming out of that building with stuff in my hands all the time. This time, it felt like I just. Um, uh, lost the, the the underside of my legs and I had to take a weird step to brace myself and that's when I rolled my body on my ankle and uh oh, wow. and I didn't I didn't think about it. I didn't think about it until this man told me that felt like he was pushed by the back side of his legs upstairs in Rock Hall. Uh, he had yeah. to kind of uh, brace himself against the upstairs wall up there. Um you know so I have had visitors in the last few months since summer, the summer really, who have been in there with me. And it's this one constant bang um, or the sound of something dropping or dragging. And these are loud enough to actually draw the, the attention of the visitors. And actually, in one case, I was in the reverend's room, um, you know, his study, and it just sounded like somebody took a, a, a fist to one of the windows next to uh, the reverend's parlor um it made my visitors jump made me jump uh, oh, wow. and then i had some bus drivers from one of our school groups just about a oh, i don't know a few weeks back and they were touring around while their school kids were out doing their thing and they they went into rock hall i caught up to them and i i said hey you guys finding everything all right and this one lady who's never been there before, she goes, she goes, um, is this, is this, is this place haunted? I, and I went, I went, why? She goes, I went upstairs and it felt like something didn't want me there. And, and uh, that's kind of common for females upstairs. That's right. That's right. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, there's that rock hall has just been like that. I would say over the past, you know, several months here. Um, and, and as far as recent events go, you know, Mary, my wife, she, um, she was in the education center, you know, a few months back and she was just there, you know, you know, finishing up some stuff I was doing there at work. And she said she saw somebody cross back in the corner kitchen near our sprinkler room in the ed center and she knew he was not, nobody is there, obviously. I know him. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Um, 
And then one time she was staying overnight with me there for some event we were doing. And her and my friend Mark, who I'll get to, he's my buddy lives up in New Hampshire. Um, we were all sleeping upstairs in the ordinary. And those two in the morning, I woke up to them talking about how I slept through what sounded like a table dropping downstairs in the ordinary. And I was like, you guys heard that? And they're like, it made the floor shake. Oh like, my gosh. I was like, okay, well, I guess I slept through that too. But uh, <laughs> so now Mark, he was down with me for the Christmas event two weeks ago. And we were the only two sleeping in the hospital. We, we decided to sleep in there overnight. And, um, you know, I, I got up at one point, you know, and, it, you know, the candles go out, the fire goes down, that kind of thing. But, you know, in the morning, it's early, and he starts up. And he was not a believer until he heard the table drop in the ordinary. But now, months later, he's in the hospital, and he wakes up, and he's, he's got to tell me that in the middle of the night... <laughs> He thought he saw what looked like a Union soldier walking down the hospital. But oh he thought it was strange because he was walking in front of all the beds and it made no sound when he was walking. Oh, wow. And then he closed his eyes for a moment. It's like, oh, you know, I'm just going to close my eyes. And he opens them back up. He doesn't know how long it was later. And he said he saw that figure sitting in front of our fire warming itself you know for like several moments before it vanished oh my gosh um, now, yeah and and that's not completely out of the ordinary um so i got two questions in chat one uh cr has asked anyone have the feeling like being pushed or felt they're not alone um and this was while you were talking about rock hall uh which by the way um I'm assuming Ryan is is doing the typing for Freaking Awesome Paranormal Show um, chat. Rock Hall is Reverend Andrew Whitaker's house. That's where Pocahontas stayed while she was being converted to Christianity, just for those that don't know. Uh, but Rock Hall is a, what would you call it, a mock-up of yep. Reverend Whitaker's house? Yep. So, but it, it's definitely interesting. But back to... How often are you getting reports of people feeling pushed or that they're not alone in there anymore? Oh, uh, I mean, monthly, every month. Wow. And this is just John Doe normal guests. Yeah. Well, it's either people that will say they had an experience in there after the fact, like I'll see them after they've been in the building, um, you know, that kind of thing. Or it will be... Um, you know, a, a month or two later, they're visiting the site again and they tell me things. But yeah, I would say it's, it's, it, I would say when I'm with visitors, Dennis, that the loud bangs and stuff happens. It's almost like it wants whoever's in there with me to know there's somebody in there with them, you know? Um, and I don't know if that's the same as what might be the one that's more aggressive that's touching people or giving them the, you know, the pushes. I don't know. I don't know if it's the same or not. Um, no. Which, which location do you think is, has the more activity? Oh, me. I, um, from experience, I'm just saying I work inside the one building every day, rock hall. So I, I just gather more from there. 
But mm-hmm. I would say the two buildings mostly on site is the education building, our education center, which is our admin building, the reverence house, and equally spread out between the other buildings, between the ordinary and the hospital and the church and the Powhatan village and everything else. You get Proctor's house. Proctor's house. You just get different things at different times. Wow. Now, I remember one of my first visits there. I had Graham with me. Um, We heard a huge bang come out of the hospital. We had just walked out of Rock Hall and where the pathway straight to the hospital and goes off towards the front side of the park where it splits apart. We were there, which is what, 40, 50 feet from the hospital. And we heard a bang come out of the hospital. Sounded like somebody was just doing demolition. My fear was that something had fallen. There was a, a, you know, either a someone just being an ass in the building and tearing things up or something was breaking apart in the building so we went charging in now graham is a richmond city officer both of us are carrying very bright flashlights Um, as you look at the hospital lengthwise this end of the building is almost always locked this end was open and that's where we charged in and there was nobody in the building The beds are, what, John, about four feet tall, three and a half, four feet tall, heavy four by four, heavy lumber construction. And I just had a thought. I said, Graham, go back out where we were standing. And I picked one of those beds up probably four, five, six inches off the floor and just dropped it. And Graham walked back in and said, that's the exact sound we heard. What the hell was that? Oh, my gosh. What do you think those beds weigh, John? Hundred pounds, hundred and thirty? Yeah, easily. They're they're well over hundred pounds. Yeah, it, oh it was a massive, loud bang, and I mean that was just out of the ordinary, or out of well, not the ordinary, out of the norm. Uh, so, do you think that what was in the hospital? maybe even the Civil War soldier that your buddy saw. Do you think he's now visiting Rock Hall to do some of these? Yeah, that's been a great question, I think, over the past couple of years. Um, I think a lot of us have wanted to know if there's stuff on site that just finds its roost in different places at different times. Um, and and I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I think the people that have investigated on over the years probably even have a better answer than I do that the evidence they get indicates that there's various uh, personalities that are with us on the site. Most definitely. And I I think it depends. And from what I've seen now, John, correct me if I'm wrong. What do you think? uh, Two dozen, 30 investigations at least that I've got at Henricus? Yeah, a lot. That's right. (laughs) I have had pretty much the same energies in the same location repeatedly Um, and just wonderful interactions. But I do have another question from chat for you, John. Um, Is there any construction or digging or reconditioning of the site, you know, restructuring the buildings or repairs being done that could excite energy or, or for better terms, piss off the energies that are there? 
Yeah, that's another that's another interesting. Oh God, that's that's one thing I forgot to tell you too. <laughs> so Dennis, you know, for, uh, <laughs> we we had our event right. That was two weekends ago, and um, and then of course the site closes for Sunday and Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday is open back up again. Anyway, I came back in the following week. I go in Rock Hall, and there is a three foot section of the reverend's parlor wall that has completely fallen to the ground and i have been in those buildings a long time and just to get them to crack the daub and fall in little chunks takes years i had i had a chunk a yard long and the width of the, the beams that are completely fallen to the floor oh my gosh moisture and and I, Seismic activity? I asked the people who were there in the weekend. They're like, no, nah, it didn't happen. We were there. Not, nobody was in that building. And when I opened it up, there's a chunk of wall falling down into the floor. Oh, uh, wow. And it's in, the, it's in the area where a lot of the, you know, loud bangs and stuff have happened. And I didn't find any water damage related to that. I didn't find anything else that... Um, so I, you know, not to put anything ahead of itself here, but I think that was something else that was, was attention seeking and knocked down a chunk of wall because I can't find another reason for it. Um, the other thing that's been happening on site, if you've, if you've been there or seen my pictures, my media, um, I've completely excavated a civil war quasi world war one esque uh, fighting position about what um, I don't know, a hundred feet from the grave uh, locations there, and I would say that it's a pretty realistic exhibit, and it's very close to where I believe the triage area was for the surgeons for the guys who died there in 1864. Um, so I don't know if that's a part of it that I've been messing around in uh, building that exhibit, but that's the only thing that's been really stepped up in that area. So, all right, we know of what, 12 troops that were exhumed. We have suspicion of what, 58, I think that were supposedly or potentially killed on site. Where you're digging, do you suppose could be, um, part of where those men died and it could be them that are, you know, for, for lack of better terms, their forever resting places being disturbed. Of recent days, I have considered it. I, I have because, um, you know, I, I tried putting all the pieces together on this. And I'm like, why does it seem like things are, I don't know, escalating and the events we've been doing, have been high energy events with a lot of living history and a lot of commotion. Um, and that specific area where the, um, you know, <laughs> which looks at like a pretty realistic civil war, um, earthwork. That's the only thing that's really new. And how far is that from rock hall? It's on the other side of the ordinary where the uh, fenced in grave area is. Oh, good grief. So that's a long distance. That's that's a couple of hundred feet from Rock Hall. So that yeah. 
I have a hard time justifying the two being correlated. Um, and I, I will tell you this. So the soldier that you said your buddy saw walking through the hospital, um, my very first visit to Henricus was during one of uh, Transcend helping out with bump in the night. And as we're moving from one area to another, we're passing by the graveyard. And Steve actually goes, it, you know, it's hard to see and it's not really one of our stops. But if you look over to this side, you'll see the cemetery over here. This is where the bodies were. Um, they were discovered in 78. Is that correct? Uh, they were exhumed like a year or two right after the war. Yeah. And, and then they were reinterred elsewhere. So while Graham and I are standing there, it's dark out. But you've got light pollution on the backside. And we watch a Civil War soldier, and you could tell he's wearing a kepi. It's a flat top, flat bill. And we watched him move from one tree to the next. And we're like, hey, man, that's kind of cool. You guys got uh, you know, interpreters out here hiding in the trees and all. He turned and looked at us and goes, there's nobody back there. And I went, bullshit, I saw him. And Graham's like, we both saw him. We walked over there, and this tree is probably three feet across. But where the earthwork goes down and makes that steep slope on the back side, he was behind that tree, and that tree is eight feet below our ground level. So he wow. would have had to have been levitating, you know, eight feet off the ground. And both yeah. of us looked at each other and went, I know I saw him. <laughs> so we know the soldiers are there. Uh, that's not even a, a surprise. Um, so aside from... Um, aside from from soldiers, do you think there could be an uptick in native activity because of a yeah. time frame? Or, or even um, like elementals from the native community back in the day, like, could that still be around? There is. There's a Pakwaji on site. Yeah, so last year, um, my new staff, uh, Coleman, she's um, she's a native, uh, of, she's a, a Saponi um, tribal member. She's also involved with the Pamunkey uh, folks as well. She's a pretty dyed-in-the-wool, um, you know, native interpreter. She's she's great. She's been out with her, um, her baby in uh, recent months, but she's coming back. And she is super sensitive. Um, and she has been around that site and has been putting her finger on various things that she's been experiencing, including some of the native stuff. So when she's back and healthy and on site again with me and the rest of the crew, I'm gonna I'm gonna look to her to see what sensory stuff she's getting from her her native presence. Now, does she by chance know any of the Algonquin language? Yeah, she does. Really good at it. Excellent. Excellent. I I would love to spend some time with her. I mean, uh, maybe we can turn her down to the cabin because that would be she, she's, she's amazing. Yeah, she's pretty cool. She, she'd probably do it. You ask her, she'll do it. She's got a, a newborn, but she's bouncing back and she'll be with us uh, next week. Excellent. Yeah, I'd love to get her at the cabin as well, Sarah. That's a great thought. 
Yeah. Uh, I mean, we know we've got native energies there. Um, you know, and one of the theories is that Dobby in the basement is a uh, elemental too that may oh, have been is. conjured mm -hmm. by the. Yeah, and I think he was conjured by one of the tribes at that time. We just don't know which ones were through that area at what given time. Yeah. So. I mean. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I, I was going to say, I agree 100% with you. Like it, it, it very much native elemental vibes downstairs in the basement. Yeah. Now I know. So I know when Sean was there, he used to be the native interpreter. Um, and I mean, Sean had some great, great stories about the place has activity on the native side of the the park increased as well as on the quote unquote colonial settler side well because coleman's not been over there in a while we don't have anybody over there regularly to kind of get a sense of that um when she was over there before she was out on maternity stuff she was telling me little tid little tidbits here and there about different stuff that she was uh, coming across. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to put the tap into her when, when I see her regularly next week. So. I, I don't, I don't know that. I, I wouldn't term it that way, John. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now um, I'm assuming grandfather's Yehaken is still up. Uh, we have one Yehaken still up. Correct. It's, uh, what is a Yehaken? Uh, it's a it's native house. Yeah. It's the wow. uh, Algonquian word for longhouse. Yep. Now, huh. The reason I ask, well, I don't I don't know if you know which one I'm referring to when I say grandfathers or chiefs Yehaken. Straight in the gate, last one off on the right. Yeah, yeah. That's the last one standing. That's the one that's still there. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, does... Does she feel comfortable in Chiefs Yehaken or? Yeah, she's she's okay with everything there. She, I think the way she's explained to me on site, she, I think she's felt like she's encountered a lot of things in various locations. And she just makes peace with everything the way she does. So, and uh, I, I don't think she's, I don't think she's told me anything she's felt uncomfortable with. Maybe, um, I know that's not true. I think it's the admin building. There's a couple of things there that, that I think bother her. I understand that. Uh, there was a couple of things there previously that were a little unsettling too. Um, but so I, I meant to mention this earlier. You had said that uh, Mary saw somebody in the back kitchen area and I'm trying to find the comment. Um, Ed, Howie mentioned, where did it go? Is that the stairway guy? I think was what his question was. Um, I think what you what Mary probably saw, if it was back by the sprinkler room, is probably the guy that has been in the sprinkler and captured on EVPs. And he's, for lack of better terms, we think he's a little pervy, but I don't know. Oh God! Oh God! Um, Sorry, I'm having camera issues like, falling off. But, oh. so I had a young lady and her mother. Actually, her mother and grandmother in my group. This was one of our earlier investigations there. And the young lady was standing kind of off to the corner by herself in the sprinkler room. 
And she said, it feels like he's right behind me. She tells her mom, uh, why don't you ask some questions? And her mom says, no, you asked. He's right there with you. And then you hear this male voice on the recorder goes, no, you. I'm like, oh, shit. No. <laughs> it sounded no. like it was right over her shoulder. It was an amazing oh my catch. Oh, God. Uh, I played that one back, and she de-asked that room. Um, oh, my God. But in Rock Hall, up in Reverend's bedroom, I've had young ladies that claim they've, they've had their legs touched. Um, I watched a glow stick get knocked across the floor. I had set it literally in the groove between two of the floor planks, and it got rolled about six inches. Um, while I'm looking right at it and asking them to move it. Um, so, yeah. In the in the overall, John, do we have a number that have died on that property? The only number, the only number that we have from anything as a source would be a newspaper story covering the Civil War fighting there uh, that put the number of dead about 50 men. And those were Union soldiers killed in 1864. Can I ask, do you know if there have been Native American deaths on that land? Um, I, I'm going to say probably. Um, if you go... If you go a, about a mile, a mile and a half away from our parking lot, um, up near what is the historic Osborne's community, Osborne's Landing, um, there is right there on the banks of the river. And, you know, I and I walked by this with some of my staff and we saw it. And we were like, oh, my God, uh, it's a it's a flaking map where. Powhatan warriors, Appomattox Indian warriors. Uh, it's where they got the rocks from the side of the river, and they simply just stood there in a, in, with a pile of them and would just flake them and break them into chunks and then whittle them into arrow points. And there's oh, wow. it's a mound that looks like, um, oh, I don't know, it's like a almost two-foot-tall mound off the ground, and it's just a mix of rock and flakes. And if you just wow. go anywhere in that area, you're going to find cast off arrow points what oh, that wow. told me is that when we knew sir thomas dale was um, finishing his fort the appomattox indians were attacking his men who were the outposts of that fort and actually that was dale's justification to go after that tribe that winter and um, i think what we had found was basically a native warrior's camp and where these guys were producing the arrow points for their for their um, for their arrows, um, and I made sure that I went back to our county parks people and I said that when we get our our new trails in this area, we've got to fence this off because this is probably a 400 year old Powhatan Indian flaking mound, which you don't wow. find you don't find those very often. Yeah, and, uh, it, it's not like a car wash or a Seven Eleven. They don't. Have they don't pop up everywhere. That's right. And, and that's I, that's and amazing. I, yeah. And I, I have no doubt that some of those um, Appomattox warriors probably were, were killed in various skirmishes in that area with Dale's guys. Now, during the 1622 uprising, we know of how many settlers that were killed? 359, I think it was. 
Yeah, somewhere in the mid threes. Um, you know, the list of the dead they did said three forty seven, but I think that list was a little incomplete. Um, but you know, when we're talking about the settlements up by us, the vast majority of them were all wiped out. It just very few survivors percentage wise. Um, so you know, that's another part of our legacy in sixteen twenty two. Now, do we also have any natives that were killed during that that skirmish that we are aware of? You know, the nobody had it in a report that so many natives were uh, killed in fighting, right? Nobody nobody really cared about that. Um, they just put their own that were killed. I I have to imagine that there were some that were killed in some of the fightings. We know that the Henrikus Fort would have been one last bastion that held out, just like Jamestown did. Um, and we know that five of the guys at James at uh, Henrikus Fort were killed that day. So that means that the old fort there was under attack. So obviously, if it's under attack, there's return fire going on. So I would imagine yes, there would be native warriors killed in 1622 in the area. Now, so we know that Sir Thomas Dale came up to James in 1611 to settle the point now known as Henricus, was that, was it currently at that time occupied or was it more just the like outer bounds of what the natives were using at that time? I mean, did he actively just push them off the land to create the settlement? Now Dale's policy, which was the Virginia company of London policy was he couldn't, he couldn't attack any tribes that were not at war with his uh, people. So basically, if if there's a tribe that had been known to be attacking his, the colonists, he was allowed to go after them. Uh, the Arrowhatic that lived on the, we'll call the area that Henricus is at, their main towns were uh, a mile or two upriver. Uh, the area we know is Farrar's Island or Dutch Gap or where we're at specifically we think was used as a as a deer trap for the for uh for the Arahatic Indian warriors. Uh, the peninsulas were often used to um, herd the deer into locations. Then what they would do is set brush fires and get them into these places where the deer are very are not going to get out of there. They often did that on land masses. So we think that's what they used it for. Um, Yep. Okay. So it so it wasn't like an active native settlement when Thomas Dale came up the river. Then no. the The problem with Dale Dale was um, trying to be a, a a John Smith kind of guy, and when he was going going to settle at Henricus, what he did is he sent Powhatan a message that said, "Hey, look, I'm bringing my people up there. We're going to build a town." And, you know, we can either be friends or we can be enemies over this. And if you're if you're not willing to be friends, then you can come after me and try to stop my men if that's what you want to do. I have a quick question. Yep. Is. So Henricus Henrik was Henricus like where they first settled? No, Jamestown is the big settlement downriver in 1607. Um, it was plagued by, you know, adventures and fires and starving times and everything else. And um, Dale was commissioned to create the new seat of government 
at a town west of Jamestown, closer to the hill country. And Dale decided to put it where our location is. And that's when he corresponded with uh, Powhatan and said, I want to I want to go build a new town up there. Let's be friends. And uh, Powhatan was like, well, I don't really think that's cool. And he sent his number two ward leader, uh, Nimanatanu, uh, otherwise known as Jack of the Feathers by the English, to hit wow. Dale's columns as they were going to build Henricus. Um, wow. Jack of the Feathers was a neat dude uh, because he wore swan feathers over his entire body and wow. told his Indian warriors that not an English bullet could kill him. And, um, and that lasted until um, late 1621, just before the 1622 attacks, when he um, got into it with an English planter and uh, he killed the English planter and decided to walk around with the planter's hat on. And then he was caught up to by other Englishmen and they, they captured him. And eventually they executed him. And his last words to the English were, I under, basically, I understand that I have to die, but if you could, can you hide my, my burial so my people won't know I died by your bullets? So is, would, he, would he be buried on Henrique's property? Um, that was at a different location. I don't, we don't know actually where that was, but, um, the planter that he killed was a little farther towards mid peninsula. So yeah, we don't know where he was, but that's a good question. Hmm. Now the old homestead that was found that, uh, Dominion knocked down what, John, two, three years ago, I think. Um, uh yeah, uh, Spring Hill, the Proctor property. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Would it? That would be somewhere about that that radius. Do you yeah. suppose that could have any correlation to Jack of the Feathers? I don't know. I don't know. You know, that's another question about what's been stirring up activity <laughs> is the fact that Dominion's been going crazy removing their fly ash uh, for the last... Yes. Like, and that's been on not just our property, but it's also the Proctor's property is where they're removing most of it too. And there they got rid of the house that was built on top of what was probably the Proctor's. They just took it away. Goodbye. Isn't, it, but isn't that historical, like, isn't there like a law saying that they can't knock down any kind of historical buildings? Uh, There's nothing like that? No, they, they bought the property. It was on. That sucks. And, and literally, I, I, I was there. I visited the property, the house. I was in the, ba the basement, basically a kind of an English basement of sorts. And underneath that uh, 1790s house they built up on there is a uh, almost like a four or five feet deep rock riverstone foundation, right? And it's just about, oh, I don't know five feet by five feet across, maybe a little wider, right? And the only reason I could think that would be there is it was a chimney base for a colonial house. So, wow, Jimmy. So that could be. I don't I don't know. I let Dominion know the significance of that property. And I think all they did is just um oops, sorry. Sorry about that. They um 
they give us lots of um oh i don't know they threw money, money at you to shut you up yeah they do and i think in that case they were doing that a lot of places basically look hey yeah we know i had a lady come from this you know this little old lady one day was at henrikus and she said she goes i used to picnic there with my friends when i was a little girl and we would go and they would show us the holes in the kitchen from where the Union Army shot through the houses. Um, so I, I was sad to see that house get removed. God. Yeah, that's, that's so, you know, Sarah, one of the, so everybody that knows Dennis knows I'm not politically correct. When you have the power and the money that Dominion power has, you can tear down any damn thing you please. That's Throw so enough money so at it and everybody shuts up. God. And, and it's just a tragedy of the way things work in in this society. Um, I mean, JP and I can tell you about countless places. Look at all the three-quarter million dollar, half million dollar homes up on Pole Green Road. What are they building on, John? <laughs> Battle of Tautonomy. I mean... And it's, I, yeah, it's either Haw Shop or Totopotomy, you know, Creek. It's it's any one of the Civil War battles in that swath of property. God. And, and I, all that really, history. And when I saw those houses go up, especially down um, at Haw Shop Battlefield, uh, you know, I was there right before they all, the foundations were getting laid. And I said, I hope you guys get haunted by some Union Calvary, man. Seriously. You're, you're right. You're right where these guys like got destroyed. Well, you're going to wake up to like a civil uh, freaking uh, person right there next to you. Like, 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 a, like a soldier right there next to you. Like you're just going to have ghosts just. And they weren't even living in your house. These are like, but genuine locations of the fighting, not even periphery, not. These guys dug a ditch, but no action happened there. These were like right on top of the fighting, man. It's and they. Oh my god. Yeah, I, I know. Um, oh crap! What is the? There's another neighborhood, uh, Pebble Creek. John, you're familiar with Pebble Creek. We know of a mass grave right at the end of one of the cul-de-sacs. Oh wow! Which where where is that? Give me a give me a community just so I can put that into perspective. It, um, so if you come in from the cabin towards the city yeah. and you get to Kroger, you make that left. It's Creighton Parkway, I think. Yeah, yeah. So back there on the left-hand side is uh, Pebble Creek. Well, Pebble Creek extends quite a ways. But if you go in off of Creighton Parkway and follow it almost all the way back, you'll find that area. So my understanding is the old man that owned that land years ago um, tried and tried and tried to sell it. No developers would touch it because it had earthworks on it. So he goes back there and he tips a few bottles back and fired up his bulldozer and graded his property so the earthworks are no longer there and then sold it to developers. Yeah. Now, in the process of digging footings and utilities and everything they discovered a mass grave oh. they went oh cover that shit up we don't know nothing just leave it there it's still at the end of a cul-de-sac um, i've spoken with a gentleman that was actually out there um, hey pongo 
but I've, I've spoken with a gentleman that was actually out there when they were discovering this. And he's like, yeah, it, it, there's no house on that portion right now. But the cul-de-sac itself and the asphalt infringes upon exactly where that uh, mass grave is at. Oh, my gosh. And nothing was moved. Nothing was disinterred. They didn't. They didn't remove the bodies and re-enter them elsewhere. They just oh left my them there. god! And it happens every day. There. Oh yeah, there's bodies under probably a, a third we or more of those houses. That. Like we were yeah, just talking it, about, like the amount of bodies that are all over Virginia because of you know just people just burying people anywhere, especially during the Civil War. You know what I mean? Just like well. Tell her about the little side access road, John, going to the back out to the bluff. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, that was, yeah, 25 years ago, and they're putting in um, the road to help develop into our museum. They're building a couple of new buildings, one of which was the plantation. They're putting in the foundation of Rock Hall. And when they were trying to just expand the road a little bit to handle the big trucks, they found two Union soldiers' graves. And <laughs> And in the middle of the night, they just literally boxed up the bones and just like something in the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. There's some warehouse somewhere that has these two Union soldiers and no one ever found out what happened otherwise. Oh, my God. They're poor families. So, and the, the one, one of the guys that told me that was um, a former site supervisor there. God bless him, who, who's passed on since. So I don't have him around to kind of go back to that, but he was one of the last witnesses of that. Like, how can what? you just treat history like that? I don't understand. Well, there's a process and sometimes, you know, certain places, peoples and power, they can just kind of bypass the right, the, the lawful ways to do things. That sucks so bad, man. Freaking money. Money, 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 money. just is the root of all evil. Yeah, money not only speaks, it also buys silence. Uh, Shannon Page in chat says, before they can rebuild what is now Mechanicsville High School, they will have to move multiple graves. A prime example of if you throw enough money at it, it's okay. Now, the new school that Hanover is building further out 360 from the cabin, uh, they've discovered 12 unmarked graves there, and they've they've they're doing their due diligence. They've put a post out asking, do you know whose bodies these are? Is this your family? What are the odds anybody's going to know? These are 12 unmarked graves. Nobody's going to know jack shit. So yeah. then they're just going to box them up. They'll move them somewhere and God knows where. I mean, like, we have DNA. Like, we, we have 23 and me now. Like, the, like, they can get, like, a quick DNA off of these people. But that, cost money. but that costs money. They're not going to do that. Um, the wheels of progress move very slowly unless there's enough money involved. And then the wheels move like they have triple turbochargers. <laughs> so, John, of all the things that have been happening recently, what is the most profound um what is the most profound thing that you have either heard or experienced yourself within last say six months? Yeah, I would say, I mean, if we're talking about, you know, Henricus, I, I would definitely say it is 
it is the sound of furniture being moved in Rock Hall or the sound of things getting slammed in Rock Hall when I'm, when I'm with visitors specifically. You know, yeah, the piece of the wall fell in. That startled me when I opened that building up. And yeah, there's the idea that maybe there's something in there that's being a little more physical, but it's just, it's just that. It's that I can guarantee that every several weeks there is an occurrence with visitors of something that's trying to get their attention. And that's broad daylight, middle of the day, and that's about it. Wow. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we've heard, we've heard, you know, furniture moving and things like that. I know it was me, you, and there were like five of us, I think, upstairs in the ordinary one night. We were getting ready to go to sleep. And we heard what sounded like that bench being dragged across downstairs. And I know all five of us looked like Keystone cops trying to get down the steps to go see what the hell was happening. <laughs> it was funny. But I mean, it was that loud and there's nothing out of place. I know, man. I, I, it's a strange place. And I don't, maybe the fact that we have such a deep history there that it will be forever hard to isolate what it really is that's there. Um, you know, maybe we can get a, on video something that gives us some shape and form someday. Um, but, you know, you've heard EVPs. You've heard EVPs of people singing, which sounds like slave spirituals. You've, yeah. you've, you've heard a variety of things that sound like accents, dialects, Algonquian words. I mean, we have it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely the full gamut. Now, I would love to get out there. You know, part of one of my questions earlier was, do you think it was something that was brought there that that's instigating activity or that's creating this activity? Um, so I'm going to ask you a, a directed question. And John, you'll understand this. Sarah, the next time that you are at the cabin, when you walk into the main room off to the left, far left corner, have you seen that piece of what looks like driftwood? Mm hmm. Yeah. Okay, John, would you kindly tell uh, Ms. Sarah and the guest or the listeners here what that piece of driftwood actually is, if you somebody, recall all of it? Somebody mailed to us a what was described as on his the person who donated it. They're writing as a battle harp, and that it has these profound powers, and that they were just going to give it to us for some type of what they described originally i thought was protection but that thing wherever you put it uh drew energy and created things um, wow. and i don't think our staff as a as a group felt comfortable with it so we wanted to get it out of there and we did wow they gifted it, it to me yeah, they gifted <laughs> it to me now I will tell a story about this, and this is part of why I think maybe something had been brought to Henricus uh, that may not have historical value to it that's that's inciting shit. Um, so you know what a millimeter is, registers EMF. Um, I got a 10.2 milligauss reading off of oh that God. piece of driftwood. Um, I, I have no explanation for it. And everybody that's been to my events knows that I'm I'm rather calm. I'm pretty mild-mannered when I'm doing my events. And, hey, everybody, do me a favor. Uh, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to do that, whatever. 
Um, so I had been at admin on my rotation. And this was, by this point, they had moved this battle harp to a back stairway behind a closed door because staff didn't like this damn thing. <laughs> so I go down and I'm playing with it. And, you know, I have told the, the people in my group what it is. And they're like, oh, we got to see this. We got to see this. So I go down and I put my millimeter up to it and I get 10.2. And then I went to grab it thinking, okay, right behind it is some conduit electrical. And I picked it up to move it. And that tingling you get like you touched a nine volt to your battery or to your tongue, I felt oh on my, my fingertips. And I set it to the side and it's still 10.2. And then another young lady went to move it and she jerked her hand back. And I said, what's wrong? And she said, damn, things got static electricity to it. It poked me. Okay. So then I set it back in the corner. Our rotation's over. We go back to the ordinary. Um, I'm trying to describe what our next plan of events is and where we're going and what rotation and, hey, how's everything been going? And nobody is listening to me. And I just instantly snapped. I don't remember this. I had to be told. John, you were there that night. Was that out of character for me? Yeah, well, yeah, it was different. It was different. <laughs> it was different. <laughs> it was different. It, yeah. it was different. And, uh, you know, when that thing was in that, that back stairway, we never used that back stairway. So just a fire escape stairway. Um, not only did we have that, but there was all kinds of other stuff that people were getting in that stairway. And it just, it felt like that thing was just booming energy into that, that space. Yeah. Well, and one of the common things was while sitting in the conference room, you would constantly from that doorway, you would constantly see shadows moving out of that doorway into the copier room, or you would see shadow moving back and forth under that doorway into that stairway. But the uh, the culmination of my interaction with that battle of harp was me losing my mind, picking up the end of one of the big heavy tables, slamming it down and just going off on everybody there. Yeah, and then yeah. one of my team members grabbing me by the elbow going, come on, Dennis, let's go smoke a cigarette. Was there something that like set it off? Where did it just happen all of a sudden? I would love to tell you, but I wasn't there. <laughs> Does that make oh sense? Um, I, I remember at one point flicking my cigarette away and looking around and going, when did we come out here? Oh shit, we're late, we gotta go. Why is everybody staring at me? <laughs> and my team member looking at me going, you really don't know when that when did we come out here? She's like, do you remember what you did inside? I went, huh? When the hell did we come out here? So she leads me back in and it looked like the principal walking into a classroom. Everybody's like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm like, um. Tara had told me what I had done as we we're walking back in. And I told everybody, I am so sorry. I do not know what came over me. The next group was John Harris that was going to admin. And he had a brand new millimeter. And he he checked all over that piece of driftwood battle harp and got 0, 0.0 milligauss on it. But I had a 10.2 verified by eight members in my group. 
So whatever was with that, I think attached to me. And I think that's why I had that, you know, for lack of better terms, blackout moment where I just lost my mind and went off on everybody. So I'm wondering, you know, what other artifacts have been brought to the park recently and could something of that nature be what's inciting all of this new activity? Wow. Yeah. I wish I wish I could say that we had a lot of stuff like that, but we don't. We just find tiny little artifacts, you know, every so often, but nothing, nothing major, nothing like that. So, yeah, okay. definitely unique. Yeah, that um, to answer your question, Daniel, when you walk into the cabin, the main room that's on the right, um, diagonal to the left corner you'll see that piece of driftwood or the battle harp. And John, I still have the dossier, the handwritten note that that man sent with it, a copy of it anyway. Um, I don't remember who gave it to me, but they wouldn't give me the original, but I've got the copy that I have. Um, but it tell it talks about it and what it was. And, you know, this would have been in the halls of kings and queens and et cetera, et cetera. It, very weird piece. But if you look at it enough, and it may be pareidolia, but you can see mm. faces in this thing. Weird. Very strange thing. It, it is odd. And that makes me, you know, that was one of the one of the thoughts that I had was, you know, in any new work that's been done there or, uh, you know, has there been any other artifacts, A, shipped to the location or brought into the location? You know, do you have anything new and cool in Rock Hall that maybe have attachments to it? That's interesting. You know, a lady um, two years ago donated to us a table that is actually in Rock Hall. And this table, I don't know the date on it. It's not it's not Tudor Elizabethan uh, per se. But it's probably a 19th century reproduction. And this thing has been passed from England to the United States. And she donated it to us, and I put it in the Reverend's parlor. Hmm. Now, in, in conjunction or in correlation to where you've had a lot of the activity and the banging and, and the mud fall off the wall, where is that table? It's in that room. Throw your mail meter on it and see what you get, boss. Yeah. Hey, look at that soon. Yeah, I will. That, that would be interesting. Um, so are there any big plans for Henricus Park? Uh, I know at one point the church was the big plan that we talked about. What's the uh, what's the plans next for well, Henricus? You, well, you just you just wait till the bridges gets gets built uh, going from Rivers Bend to the property by our parking lot across the river. So we're going to be having a new 400-foot bridge heading into Henricus uh, by the next five next five years. It's going to be started. So yeah, and coming out of the backside of Rivers Bend. Rivers Bend, right by the old golf course there. Yep, that'll be wonderful, man. That'll hopefully that helps increase foot traffic to the park. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. That'll be wonderful. Now, it'll also... Welcome back, Sarah. Sorry. <laughs> That's all right. You know, from time to time, we all just... Bye-bye. <laughs> like, 
my 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 camera is not working with me. It just like completely detached, and I was like, okay. Um, yeah. Hey Sarah, before I before I have to go, I want just if you want to come out, even on a day, you know, anybody that you want to come with, just um send me a direct message. And if you want to come visit the site and just kind of look around, get kind of feel for it, just let me know. Um, yeah. And, you know, Dennis, I think with um, with some of the core members of, of your group, you know, if they want to do kind of a, a walkthrough in the middle of winter time, is we're slow, man. I don't mind people coming to visit me and taking a look around the site. Well, you know, I just happened to finish a rather large project that I've been working on today. So I don't have a customer at all tomorrow. Are you at site tomorrow? Yes. Good. Because I have a document that I typed up. Um, I know, and I'm going to kind of let the cat out of the bag, and you know what this is about. We had spoken about crop doing another public event out there. Yeah. Um, and you had asked to provide a document with a dossier of, of expectation and plan. So I have that that I'd like to come out and share with you tomorrow. And, you know, folks, I, I, I can't emphasize enough. One of the absolute best places that I've ever investigated, and, and those that have followed me for a while know I have done hundreds of locations. Um, Henrikus Park is probably one of the coolest. I, I'm going to share one of my coolest experiences ever. We did a public investigation overnight. It's about a quarter to six in the morning. And Sean, their their previous native interpreter, and I were sitting over in the Indian village by a fire pit in front of, at that time, what we called Grandmother's Yehaken. Um, and we're sitting, like I'm facing this way. He's off to my left facing that way. And I turned to him to say something. And all I see is, so what the hell is he look at? Now I'm doing the same thing. And both of us watched five full-dressed native warriors walk across a tree line and disappear into the intersecting tree line. Oh my we God. both turned and looked at each other and went, did you see what I think I just saw? And Sean's answer to me was, I don't know what you just saw, but if you saw what I just saw, holy shit, brother, that is unreal. But it was five full-dressed Native warriors just walked across that tree line and oh, faded awesome. into the intersecting tree line. I want to see that. If you get the chance, folks, and if Crop gets this set up, and if I can get JP and, and the other folks from Henrikus Park to work with us, you have got to get a ticket. All the money goes to the park. And like any historic park, any living history museum, you know, Pamplin, we've got uh, March, I'm going to screw it up, March 2nd or 3rd, whatever the Saturday is. But we have three next year at Pamplin Park. John, I would love to work with Henrakis. Uh, just like back in the day when we when we did it all the time, brother. Uh, I'd love to work with you guys and, and do some uh, fundraising investigations with the public. Awesome. It's one of the coolest places, man, and and. I, I absolutely love that place. And I definitely, I want to come out. I want to come out so bad and just experience all of the things that you guys have experienced because it sounds amazing. Awesome. And, and, and I've got to say, it, those that are listening to us right now, if you can't tell from 
just the depth of answers that John is giving. This man is dedicated. He loves this park. He's passionate about it. He's passionate about history. Um, and the rest of the staff that I have met there are just as passionate as John is. You can't find you you can't find many places now that can keep employees as long as Henrikus has. Pamplin Park does the same thing. Their employees just absolutely love the location. They they don't want to leave. Um, you know, so and when when they do the in, interpretations, when you go through the native settlement, when you go through the colonial settlement, just the interaction that you're going to get the knowledge that you'll pick up from 400 plus years ago is phenomenal. Thanks, Dennis. That's awesome. Appreciate that. Um, all right. Well, you guys know where to find me. Um, I'll sign off here. And if I made a promise to my wife to get it about 10 o'clock. So I'm pushing that time. Now. Um, but you guys know where to find me, get a hold of me and we will make everything happen. All right. It was lovely meeting you. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Well, thank you, John. I look forward to it. Mary, thank you for letting us steal John for an hour. I don't know. I think I think I heard a bathroom door slam at some point. <laughs> she said, <laughs> "She's already done." <laughs> but thank you, John. It has been a blast talking to you again, brother. And I can't wait. I'm going to come out and bug you tomorrow at the park. All right. Yeah, come see me. I'll be there anytime after ten for sure. All right. So, folks, if you get a chance, check out. Uh, HenricusHistoricalPark.org, I believe, is their website. Um, you know, it, it, it is such a cool location. And the fact that they have, I mean, they've gone so far as to uh, find travel logs of the ships that have come from England, the passenger lists. Um, you know, so when, when we talk about the native uprising of 1622, they know who was killed. They have those logs. They have that data. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's just one of those locations, man. Henricus Park will always hold a special place in my heart. And it and, you know, Chris Banchero in, in chat, uh, you know, he's head of operations down at Pamplin Historical Park. Those two places both hold such a huge part of my heart because they're just friggin' phenomenal. So if you get a chance, go check them out. Go check out Pamplin. You can learn about the life and times of just the everyday John Doe farmer turned Civil War soldier. You can experience activity there that will just blow your mind. It doesn't matter night or day. You don't have to be out there under the cover of darkness. Yeah. Um, middle of the afternoon, it's going to happen. Henricus Historical Park is the same thing. But, you know, if if you have a passion for history at all, go check out a local park. After COVID, after the pandemic, after all the lockdowns and all of that BS, all of these places are starving for money. All of them mm -hmm. are just... You know, they're, they're doing everything they can just to keep the lights on. Go support them. And you well may said. learn something. Well, well said. I try. I try. <laughs> it's been a long time since I did a podcast. I used to sit in a chair just like this and, and do, uh, like Ryan mentioned, I, I did a, 
I, I spent six years doing a, a podcast called Full Spectrum Radio, wow. and I had an absolute blast. But then I would stand in for other people, and before long, I was doing three and four shows a week, and I got burned out. But I have oh, a blast yeah. doing that. Uh, so, Sarah, what is on your big list for New Year's Eve? Um, so... My spouse has something lined up for us. I'm not quite sure what it is yet, but we'll see. Um, it's kind of a surprise, so I'm yet to know kind of thing. Um, what is on your plans for New Year's Eve? I am going to spend the evening at a wonderful location up at Port Conway called Bell Grove Plantation. Ooh, that um, sounds fun. Our dear friends over at FPRI, uh, John Sullivan and them, um, they're doing their, the New Year's Eve at, what is that nose? I can't help it, man. Jeez. Come on, Ryan. Why you got to call me out like that? <laughs> but, but, yeah, so I, I'm going to Belgrove. They're doing... Uh, public investigations up there. They've asked if I can come up and lend a hand. And they've backed us up half a dozen times at Pamplin. They come down and help us at the cabin when we've got large groups. So they've asked me to come up and help them. So I will gladly go help them. Um, but, um, you know, Ryan and Howie have an event going at the cabin. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that's you know, a private event. Uh, invite only. I don't know who all's invited. Um, I was invited, but I can't go. I'm so sad. Yeah, I, I'd love to be there. Uh, my plan was to be there, but like I said, I, I'm I'm going up and and return favors that have been uh, given us. Um, I will be stopping by. Ron uh, Ron from Booze Paranormal has a couple of new pieces of gear for me. Ooh, what kind? Uh, do, you, do you want to tell? Uh, well, of course. Um, sorry, I got to reading. Um, but, yeah, I've got two 360 static detectors, one with the rods and one with just LEDs. Oh, my um, God. And, Banchera, you know I will support your location and, and any historic location anytime and every chance I get, man. Um, you and Amanda are absolutely wonderful to work with. I, I couldn't ask for for better liaisons to a location. And Pagano is just a, a, a wonderful connection there at Henricus Park. So, yeah, I, I will support a historic location seven days a week if I could. So you are certainly welcome, Chris. I do want to say one thing. Um, when you were talking when when we had John on and you were talking, I didn't want to say anything at the time, um, but there was like a woman's voice that came through and I was like, I wonder if we picked it up. Was it somebody in your house or like a spirit? I think so. Yeah. I've got a couple here in the house. Yeah, so my home is a woman speaking. I was like, oh my God, yeah. did anybody hear that? <laughs> yeah. So my house is built 1935. Um, looking at a land plat right where my house sits was a union encampment. 
Um, but Mrs. Van Venthuysen and her husband back in 1935 had this home built. So four and a half years ago, when I came down to look at the house to see if this was the one that we were going to buy, I pulled up on the side road and I looked up at the small window in the attic and I see her looking out at me Ooh. and I went, I'm home. Aww. It's a beautiful kind of neo-colonial looking house. Um, but I've got two huge, well, it's actually three levels on the back. I don't know. How. So I have a walkout basement, mm -hmm. big concrete slab, first and second level balconies. Oh my and God. looking from the backside, it, I'm looking at it from the backside the first time I pulled up and I see her looking out the window and I went, I get it. I get it. I'm supposed to be here and you know I'm here. Aww. Now, Sarah, you know I have gifts too. Uh, mm -hmm. we, we've had this discussion. So yeah, just like, yeah. yeah. So just like they know when you're there, they know when I'm here. Mm -hmm. um, so my first time walking through the house, I can hear her telling me, you need to fix this. You need to put this like that. Um, I'm like, all right, all right, calm down. I'll, I'll get it done. I'll get it done. It'll take me time, but I'll get it done. Then I discover I still have the original blueprints. Wow. I have the original um, architectural drawings. I have an original artistic rendering of the house. Wow. All of these original documents here. And everything that I kept hearing as we're walking through that I need to fix and, and change are what is on those drawings. Oh, wow. And I'm like, yeah, she was definitely giving me shit the whole time we're walking through. She's like, listen, if, you, if you're going to buy this house, you're going to do it my way. Like, exactly. And I promised oh her God. I would return it back to its... Um, back to its former grandeur. But it used to be known as Van Benthuysen Manor. Wow. Um, and I found some news articles from 1936, 1937, where, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Joe Smith and, and you know, Jane Doe are getting married at St. Michael's Episcopal Church, which is a historic church two blocks over, with a reception to follow at Van, Van Benthuysen Manor. And I'm like, wow. Damn, they were socialites. Dang. But I That's also got amazing. blueprints to their home in New York. So, and that wow. was pretty cool. It was being built at the same time. So they obviously had some bank. So they were rich, rich. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they was rolling. <laughs> but hey, all right. Well, I am going to jump off of here. Uh, right. Sarah, it was great talking to you again. Folks, Daniel, I don't know if you're still in here. I'm looking back through the, the chat to see who's spoken. Uh, Daniel, Shannon, Heaven, um, CR, thank all of you so much. Ryan, thank you for asking me to fill in for you tonight. Um, I haven't worn the pilot spins in a long time. I hope I did you proud. You did a great job. You leave some pretty big job. shoes to fill, Ryan. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to the Freaking Awesome Paranormal Show. I anticipate that you will tune in next week. Um, Ryan should be back. Hopefully, feel better, brother. Do a shot of liquor with a tablespoon of warm honey. That'll help soothe your throat. Um, and uh, aside from 
a great show next week. Ladies and gentlemen, do me one huge favor. Have a safe New Year's Eve. If you, if you drink, please don't drive. There's plenty of places that will sponsor an Uber for you. Um, don't be the one that, that ruins somebody else's New Year. And please have a safe and blessed New Year, folks. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. Thank you, guys. Have a great night.